0: All right, so we're going and that due to Katman's Catlin, request, we're doing the Maha Tanha Sankhata Sutta, Sanghaya Sutta, Sanghaya. That's a hard word for me. In fact, <laughs> I always thought that this was the Maha uh, Tanha Babanga Sutta because Babanga is actually the word for analysis but Mm -hmm. this is the word sanghataya which means the the end of tanha Mm -hmm. so um this this sutta actually uh, has some controversy to it and that the controversy is kind of easily understood but uh, the reason that Catelyn uh sent this was because he saw a video do you remember who the video was uh catlin that you recommended? Uh yeah, it was an uh ex- an
1: uh, Oxford researcher who the- I can give you his name. I forgot it if you want.
2: Oh, the okay. guy from um uh he teaches Oxford, at Guy's House as well. Is that the guy?
1: Uh, I no, I don't I don't think so he's just a scholar. So he's like Okay. From, from this Oxford. is just a
0: scholar. He is not a meditator. This mm-hmm. is a scholar. Okay. And that one of the things that I noticed on the YouTube was the audience, many of them mm-hmm. were from Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could hear it in their yeah. accent as well as mm-hmm. they would they would tell you. There was a lot of Sri Lankans there. This one is one of those suttas then that um, stirs them up because most of the sutta is about Paticca Samupada. Yeah,
1: and the classical interpretation of
0: and the and they let us say the sri lankan um medieval are uh yeah we'll use the word medieval maybe the dark <laughs> ages uh, of of buddhism and the sri lankan mind is from the Vasudi maga part of uh, that this process takes three lifetimes and, and that the they use the second right, as in reincarnation and that we'll look at that in in the way that this Uh, sutta is translated and so that's basically part of why we're going to look at it in the Pali and that there is some stuff in the second half of the uh, sutta which people will grab a hold of and say oh this is proof positive that the Buddha taught rebirth (laughs) which is not necessarily the case All right, so let's go ahead and start into the sutta uh, and I've added the uh, link
1: for Chintan if he wants to see it. Uh, that at the YouTube okay.
0: link that I sent you. Sorry oh, for the yes. interruption. Great. So we'll uh, uh, put that sutta maybe in the, the uh, description of this one when it's posted.
1: Mm-hmm. That would be really good.
0: All right. So, ah, uh, yeah. No, I don't know this guy. So let's let's do this. Let's go ahead and use the translation <laughs> that we have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, with this, um, and um, uh, at the top of it, you'll see a little circular thing uh, that's used for settings. Let's go ahead and do the text settings. And I yeah, already uh,
1: have it set up for line by line poly. Yep. You...
0: Okay. Okay. When I the, the link I sent you already had it set up for the line by line, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: That
0: was also my settings that I had before,
2: so it's... Yeah, same. It was um, on my settings from before, line by line. All right.
0: So, um, uh, they normally translate that first line as thus I have heard or this I have heard. But he's translating it as so I have heard, but avam, avam misutam means... Uh, there's no bus or so in there. It's just heard me sutta. <laughs> mm. uh, at one time, the Buddha was staying near Savathi in <laughs> Jetta's Grove in Anthropitica's monastery. Okay, let's look at the last Pali word on that line, and you can get the rollover, and you will see that Arame does not mean monastery <laughs> at all. It's talking about a gardener a pleasure grove? Uh-huh. All right, so maybe <clears throat> the translator's using a different um, poly dictionary than the one that they've got because I've seen him do that before with this word. So um, understand then that the the translations out of the poly is more of a work of art. <laughs> than it is science and it is better a work of art or science if you know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) and so this is part of the way of of learning of uh, the suttas is by doing this but make sure that you begin to pick apart so that you understand the nature of the Pali Let's look, for mm-hmm. instance, in the middle of this thing and you'll see the word Viharati. Mm-hmm. The word Viharati or Vihara without the T at the end of it is actually the name that the, the what uh, or the, the living or the dwelling place of uh, the monks, the Vihara. And in Thai language, they've just merely shortened that into the word what. What? Because the the V, they have no V sound in the Thai language, it's a a W. (laughs) But they use the letter V for their sound, the letter W. For instance, Sukumwit wrote, but Uh. it's spelled with a V. And I think Mm -hmm. there's some German influence in there. So this, uh, in fact, this, this V in the Pali could also be said with a W, so the Wihara or the Vihara, mm-hmm. uh, and that this means the dwelling, and he is using the word staying, and that's okay. Um, so, but you can see the next word is uh, Jetta, or jeta, uh jeta vane, and then Antripitikasa. You can see the names in here so this stuff is not really all of that difficult you can also see the word bhagava and the word bhagava actually means fortunate or lucky or that you're blessed but when we use the word blessed one (laughs) then we have it as a very high pollutant thing (laughs) But, but often the Buddha was referred to as just the lucky guy or the fortunate <laughs> one. Um, so this is how we begin to understand that the uh, the translations uh, that we find are really good if they are mixed like this with the Pali so that we can really figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right, so now at that time, uh, a bhikkhu called Sati, son of a fisherman, had the following uh, harmful misconceptions. Now, the first thing that we're going to notice is the the, uh, the play on words or the Sati, uh, Sati exactly, isn't <laughs> play on words, but so is son of a fisherman, Remember we have the term of son of a gun, uh, or son of a bee, right. or son of a fisherman, okay, is taking on the quality of the fisherman, not necessary, and you can see that in the uh, uh, putasasa." in other words, they're calling him. Now, what is one of the characteristics of fish that everybody knows about? They stink. Yep okay so this is actually a play on words when they're calling Sati son of a fisherman there's another one where a monk has a um uh let us say a um a, a, a harmful view or a misconception and he's son of a vulture's catcher <laughs> <laughs> so you can see how these uh, little digs are put in uh, all right son of a <laughs> Pardon? They also make a joke.
1: They also make a joke at the end about be- him being caught in a net, a net of craving or a net of.
0: Del- I forgot how Ex- how it was. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we can begin to see some of this stuff that they're doing here is uh, uh, quite poetic. This is artful, and uh, that's why it tends to take so long to go through these sutras. Is because by de- by taking it this way, we're savoring it. This is actually quite mm-hmm. delicious. As I understand the Buddha's teaching, it is this very same consciousness that roams and transmigrates, not another. Well, let's just leave that for a while because this is going to be said often. Several men, several of the Buddha's monks heard about this, and so they go and they have it repeated. You can see this <laughs> repeat, repetition he's not uh, translating. Uh So they went up to Sati and said to him, is it really true, Reverend Sati, that you have such a harmful misconception? Now, basically, they're baiting him, asking him, is it true you have such a harmful misconception? If you go to a friend and ask him that, he's going to know something's going on here. As I understand the Buddhist teaching, it is this, this very same consciousness that roams and transmigrates. Not another. Now, what this actually is meaning, Bodhi's translation, I think, is much better here, where, where he's talking about uh, uh, actually experiencing uh, the results of good and bad actions. Okay. Uh, after, let me look at the funny. Vinyam is the word that they're using for consciousness here. Uh, so let's go on. Absolutely, Reverends, as I understand the Buddhist teaching, it is this very same consciousness that roams and transmigrates, not another. Well, what that means is is that he's defining what is being reborn, is is that Mm -hmm. it's consciousness, genium. Well, that's actually mostly what Christians have come to understand. Remember, the original part of Christianity was the resurrection of the body. Mm -hmm. And then they're saying, well... Uh, the body is going to be resurrected for everybody all at the same time at the judgment day or something. And then they kind of gave up that concept altogether about the resurrection of the body. And in (coughs) fact, the only thing that gets to go to to heaven is
2: consciousness.
0: (laughs) That's who I really am. All right. As if that consciousness itself lived or acted as if it had no fuel at all. The consciousness Wait, is so strong that it needs no fuel, it needs Wait, no what do you substance. Mean by that? Pardon? No, I'm What's... giving you how the how it's looked at, that if it is this same consciousness that roams and transmigrates, then that means that it this same consciousness roams and transmigrates without any fuel. Right, right. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. I, yeah. Right. It doesn't need a body. It can reside in heaven or a heavenly state.
2: So it that's doesn't sold.
0: need humans, Right? doesn't need sensory input or sensory awareness. And so, but it does experience. But how does it experience? Okay? How does it experience if it is, in fact, got no fuel? Few, in fact, experience is a kind of a fuel. So you can see that there's contradictions built into the way that this is expressed also the way that this is expressed is exactly i think it's in the vedantas but this is classic mm-hmm. in other words this this quote from Santi is not pulled out of thin air as some silly belief but rather he's quoting scriptures from the brahmins yeah it's from
1: the
0: Upanishads. So. hmm How do you out of the Upanishads? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just believe in the... I'm not, I'm the not sure. I, 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 I'm not a scholar on all of that. I know enough yeah, to <laughs> know that there was some old books, but which is what it coming out of which book, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, it doesn't really
1: matter. <laughs> <any>.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, reverend. As I understand the Buddhist teaching, it is this very same consciousness that roams and transgrades uh, not another. Then wishing to dissuade Sati from his views, the mendicants pursued, pressed, and grilled him. So you can imagine that they were pressing and grilling him the same way that I'm pointing out to you, that this kind that he's got consciousness that roams and transmigrates cannot exist without fuel.
2: So then the mendicants must have been something
0: magical, huh?
2: Sorry. Um. So the, uh, then, the mendicants—they must have been um sotapanna, or more, if they are trying to dissuade him themselves.
0: Let us say that they understand the Buddha's teaching, okay? right. Which okay. is part of the path. Okay. To sotapanna. Yeah, you can
1: kind of accept it intellectually, but maybe it right. isn't your point of view actually. Uh
0: huh. Mm. But there but there was not one of them who could dissuade him. And in fact, you can see that even the Buddha has trouble dissuading him. And that's what all of the rest of this discourse, I guess, is about. Because he's actually saying this and putting it in the words of the Buddha. This is what I understand the Buddha to say. And so they're gonna haul him off of the Buddha and say, wait a minute. (laughs) What is this thing called consciousness? Then, wishing to dissuade Sati, the mendicants pressed and pursued and grilled him. Don't say that, Sati. Don't misrepresent the Buddha. Our, for rep- Misrepresenting of the Buddha is not good. It's, it's, uh, and the Buddha would not say that. In many ways, the Buddha has said that consciousness is dependent on things. It has got to have some fuel. It is dependently originated. Paticca Samuppada, aha, well, let's look <laughs> into Pali there and what do we find is the word Paticca samupadam, Vinayam, okay, Vinaya, consciousness, is dependently arising. Vutam says the Buddha, Bhagawa. <laughs> The fortunate one says that paticha samupana vinyam. Isn't that interesting? So we can actually see this. Okay. So that first word up there, uh, the last word part of it is avuso. Do you see the word avuso at the at the uh, the very end of the first word in that line? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the word for friend. So uh, basically what the word peri then also has to do with around or or many. So in many ways, friend Sati, Mm -hmm. the Buddha says, or Bhagawa has spoken that consciousness is dependently arising. Since consciousness does not arise without a cause. That's the word samvoti is origination or birth. But let's look at that word uh, bavo is actually Sambavo because that word bavo is the one that's often misconstrued because it has the quality of giving birth or let us say um, it's used for that. Pregnancy would be the word bavo. But it also has the quality of production, okay, or virility. And yeah, and okay. the word okay, and then and then that, that line that nati means not. There is no consciousness without mm-hmm. a true cause. T. Uh. <laughs> This is very, very powerful when we look at it in the Pali to recognize that all, we do not have to look at it as this is an easygoing thing. Now, this is a very strong and important point that these monks are making to Sati here. But even though the mendicants pressed him in this way, Sati uh, obsensibly stuck to his misconceptions and insisted on stating it. When they were uh, able to dissuade Sati from this view, uh, the bhikkhus went to the Buddha, bowed, sat down to one side, and told him all of what happened. All right? And so here it is, all of what happened in the Pali, <laughs> but the translator doesn't translate that. So let's go down to the next line. So, <coughs> the, uh, the the blessed one, or the fortunate one, uh, says, um, to tell, uh, uh, please, monk. This in my name. Tell Sati to come. But he's mm-hmm. calling him friend. This is a friendly thing, and yet the way that it says here is summons is too uh, strong a word in the English for what this is actually about. Mm-hmm. Amantiti uh, is um, to uh, just to speak or to talk, or mm-hmm. in fact, it's got amity built into it. Okay. it's a it's a mutual relationship. This is not mm-hmm. the Buddha demanding or summonsing him. This is um, something in English would be like, uh, uh, we'll ask him to drop by sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> okay, and so naturally they're going to go right back over to him and says, Reverend Sir, I would like you to drop by sometime. <laughs> <laughs> You're summonsed, he says, okay. <laughs> and so, yes, Satya replied, and he went to the uh, to the Blessed One, bowed and sat down to one side, and the Buddha said to him, is it really true, Sati, that you have such a misconception? As I understand the Buddhist teaching, it is this <laughs> very same consciousness that roams and transmigrates, not another. Absolutely, sir. As I understand the Buddhist teaching, it is this very same consciousness that roams and transmigrates, not another. And then he says, okay, Sati, what is consciousness? This is the line. Sir, it is he who speaks and feels and experiences experiences the results of good and bad deeds in all of the different realms. Okay. Now, this sutta has gone on several times. Suti has had several opportunities. He's been t- uh, taught about it. And yet, it, in the sutta, it shows that he is still clinging to... In the face of all of this discussion, this sounds a little artificial, if you think. <laughs> it is almost like a play mm-hmm. rather than um, a, a scene or a natural event, that this is kind mm-hmm. of a stage thing. But we can also see that it's done this way because this gives when this is recited, especially fully and in, in the Pali, because it's so poetic got a little uh, applause here. You can hear it. Ah, that's what that was. (laughs) 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 So, um, because they can repeat it over and over again. This, in fact, this is one of the suttas I know, um, a monk, um, uh, Mahasamsak I speak about from time to time. He's done this sutta. I know the sutta. I have heard it. I've listened to it being, being recited. That this is one of the favorites, okay. even though it's so long. And the reason for it is, is because it is so jam-packed with goodies. And so that's why it's done over and over and over and over again. This, there's a lot of repetition in the sutta to bring down to this point of this one line. Sati, what is consciousness? It is one who speaks and feels and experiences the results of good and bad deeds in all the different realms. In other words, he's talking about the law of karma here. But the law of karma in all of these different realms are exactly um, the way that Christian, I mean, this is a, a clear statement of Christianity. This is the soul. He's look he's confusing consciousness with an entity of soul, and but this is done in in Christianity also. An example of that would be a, a way of looking at hell. What is hell? I mean, really. Think about it. Hell is nothing but the unfortunate who have to uh, who spend their uh, existence as sort of a, uh, an entertainment for heaven. It's, it's almost like <laughs> hell is heaven's TV. Because <laughs> <laughs> heaven itself has got nothing going on. Everybody's bored, <laughs> all they've got is consciousness and so they watch hell. I mean, this is in the Bible. <laughs> that they're, out, they're up in heaven watching people suffer in hell because why, that's entertainment. But all you have is consciousness in hell and consciousness in heaven. One consciousness looking at another consciousness, except for one little question. Where are the eyes to see? (laughs) If there is only consciousness, how does it get? So let's go on. This is. He said, silly man. Who on earth have you ever known me to teach this way? And in fact, the word that we're looking at is Mugaparusa. Mugaparusa, boy, that's a low word. Mugaparusa, a stupid, useless, ignorant person. <laughs> and and uh, uh, the bhikkhu who translated this is being very polite. He only calls him a silly man. This is a whole lot more than silly. This is a down, downright put, in, put down. Muga Parosa. He said, um, Who on earth have you ever known, or when on earth have you ever known me to teach this way? Haven't I said in so many ways that consciousness is dependently originated since consciousness does not arise without a cause? Now that's exactly what we said before, except this time he says, Nanu Maya Maga There's stuff in here that the translator didn't translate. We know, in fact, exactly what Nanu Nanu means. <laughs> nanu Maya, Maga Purusa. He's telling you, you are so stuck in Maya. You're a stupid person. <laughs> 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 and so, don't you know in uh, that Petitja uh, Sanupanam Veniam, Vutam. The Vutam is uh, the has been shown or spoken or said uh, over and over again that Nati Venusanam Sam uh, Bavoti. That without uh, any cause there is no consciousness it's got to have some kind of fool but still you represent me by your wrong grasp harmful self harming yourself and making such bad comma now here is something that we can look at because this is a place where we have to understand that this is coming from the Buddha that when we have these kind of views views of rebirth views of reincarnation views of uh uh, life after death that they can be harmful they will be there for your lasting harm and suffering why is that
2: because you cling to them
0: ah yes And if we cling to them and we hold these views, then will this not, even if we are trying to practice Anapanasati correctly, we wind up not being able to do it. That we wind up trying to meditate to have past life experiences, to prove this stuff, to find out, uh, to get in touch with this consciousness, to do a lot of magical things. This is magical thinking. That this consciousness runs from life to life, experiences the results of good and bad actions. And it's magical thinking, it's dangerous thinking, and that we have to come out of that in order to get past the very first fetter, which is personality view. In fact, that's what this is all about, is who am I, the personality view. Who am I? And Sachi says, well, I'm this consciousness thing, this uber-duber, fancy, don't die, uh, going on forever, don't need no fuel, doesn't need any. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to experience heavens and hells and the goods and bads of ups and downs. And this is old, old thinking. That in fact, the way it got started, I've, told, I've been told by a good friend of mine, uh, Dhamma Vitu, says that because of the way that the scripture was done, it, it looks like that this came or was fully established by about 800 B.C. in India. And that the reason for it was is because the Brahmins were trying, I guess in a way like Republicans are today, going into full-on denial, when they were being challenged... For, who, for their being on top of the society mm-hmm. and being number one and being most important and all of that. That's when this belief came is that, oh, well, we're Brahmins and we're special and you're not Brahmin. We are Brahmin and we were special because we were born special. And we were born special because we were good in the past and you were not born Brahmin because you were not good in the past. And that's where this old idea of the law of karma came from. And the Hirasati is, as a Buddhist monk, still stuck in that belief system. That gives rise then to racism, to caste, to all kinds of things. And so you can see how those views are harmful. Yep. And that it actually influences our ability to practice Dhamma. There's a lot of drawbacks. And so this is what keeps someone in ordinary existence is because they still cling to this view of consciousness is, uh, let us say, survivable without food, without nourishment, without any fuel. It's a fire that burns without fuel. Name me a fire that burns without fuel. Other than consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> so then the Buddha said to the mendicants or his the the monks around him Apa Bhagawabiku and Am um, Anan <coughs> Amantasi. Amantasi says that he's addressing them now. So this is kind of formal. It's a little bit more than said. He's addressing them. What do you think? Has this mendicant sati kindled even a spark of wisdom? (laughs) Ah, that means then that this is the spark. As long as people believe in rebirth, they have not that spark of wisdom. They're still hoping for the future. They're still thinking magical thoughts that things exist without fuel. And that uh, this is ignorant kind of thinking. These kind of people can be led around by their feelings. Like boating. Because why they are trying to make the world a better place? Why are they trying to make the world a better place? Well, because I'm going to be here next time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still trying to make the world a better place for me. <laughs> and the Buddha says he hasn't kindled even a spark of wisdom. Because that spark of wisdom actually is that first fetter of getting over this selfish personality view that I will last forever oh no you're going to die the world got along without you before it may and it's going to get along without you when you're gone period and we don't know what's going to happen just because we don't We don't know what happened before we were born we don't know what's going to happen after we're dead either by or without us and that we have to come to that understanding, and that's the beginning of the path, the spark of wisdom. And so the Mindikas ask, "How could it be that he's got a spark of wisdom?" No, no, sir. Bante, t. No, he tam, bante, which is a very formal way of "This ain't so." Bante. Uh-huh. When this was said, Sati sat silent, embarrassed, shoulders dropping, downcast, depressed, and saying nothing. In other words, he had been had, which was the point of why was he so ferociously clinging. And they pointed all of this stuff out to him. But now it's in the community. So what the Buddha is doing is he's using the... Um, the hurting instinct to embarrass Sati, the whole crowd. It's not just that. Uh, it's not just about the information anymore. It's that he's been embarrassed. So um, I've got a question. Mhm. So
2: what's um, what's the difference between like that and harsh speech? Because
0: okay. It's, let us say that this is harsh speech.
2: Okay. But I thought that. And, um...
0: and in fact, the Buddha uses that term in the sense of killing his students. There is a student that it says, or the sutta rather, there is a sutta where it says that we treat the bhikkhus, the new students, very gently. And if they don't learn, then we treat them really harshly. And if they still don't learn, then we kick them out. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's a reference. It says first soft, like uh, they try softly, then hardly, then combination of soft and hard. And if that doesn't work, yeah,
0: it's bye bye. <laughs> exactly right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. So yes, this is being harsh. This is the time for it. This is the time, Sati. Time to wake up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's more so about the, the Buddha- intention
1: rather than the intention was good too. He saw the soft speech wasn't working and he tried it. It's not that being harsh is always wrong. It depends on the context, mm-hmm. where you're coming from, and how informed you are about the effects. So it will kind of always be a bit of a guess, but you can go off of what you know from experience. <laughs>
2: uh.
0: All right, so knowing this, the Buddha said, um, silly man, which you can see that word, uh, moghapurusa, silly man, you will be known by your harmful misconceptions. All right, now, um, this is actually the last word. There is dittigathani. Uh, and what that means is ditti is view Mm -hmm. and gatha means singing so basically what he's talking about is is that you will be known by singing these wrong views or singing Uh, these views Uh. okay um and so he then says the monks about this uh When the Buddha said to the monks, mendicants, do you understand my teachings as Sati does when he misrepresents me by the wrong grasp, harms himself, and makes such bad karma? No, sir. In many ways, the Buddha has told us that consciousness is dependently arising since consciousness does not arise without a cause. Good, mendicants, And so they're repeating in, in... this thing over and over again it's got to have a fuel it's got to have a cause and they are talking again about that people who hold these wrong views of rebirth continue to suffer it's almost like that if we cling to rebirth and don't let go of that we're not going to make much progress if we still and the other part about Make such bad karma is because we cling to that karma, we cling to that consciousness in the sense of experiencing the results of good and bad actions, right, so that means that we're subject to the law of karma, to where the Buddha says, no, come out of your karma, come out of those actions, and the results of those actions. And so that's part of the reason why people who believe in rebirth also believe, the. in fact, the whole reason to be reborn is so the common machine can dig you up just to kick your ass.
2: So just like being bound by your baggage.
0: Bound by your baggage, exactly. But that can be like
2: good or bad.
0: You're not bound by your baggage, (laughs) though every traveler thinks he is. And look how much suffering travel is. Because people think they're bound to their baggage. Uh Actually, they think that the baggage is bound to them or it's mine. It's mine, which means it's bound to me. It's got, it's got, but it's really the other way around now, isn't it? The baggage owns them. So exactly so. Our baggage is the comma from the past. And... uh, that continuity of consciousness that we've had from children, then give rise to the delusion that that consciousness will continue on. Well, guess what? It hasn't really uh, been continuous ever. That it's it's only there when we know, and we notice it when it's there, but when it's not there, we don't notice that. And if we did notice it, we would be conscious of it, period. (laughs) And so we are not conscious of when we're not conscious. (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, they say yes for in many ways the Buddha has told us that consciousness is dependently originated since consciousness does not arise without a cause it is good that you understand my teachings like this for in many ways I have told you that consciousness is dependently originated since consciousness does not arise without a cause but still sati This resent presents me with this wrong view, harms himself, and makes such bad comma. Now this is repeated now three times that these thoughts are not just junk thoughts. This belief in reincarnation is not just oh well if you practice correctly eventually you'll be free from such beliefs and then you'll just merely move right on very quickly oh no the buddha says a spark of wisdom and without that you're going to continue to cause yourself harm that's exactly what this is about and many people read right through it looking for something else and they wind up missing these points This will be for his lasting harm and dukkha. Here is Consciousness is reckoned according to specific conditions dependent upon which it has arisen. Okay, so now he begins to go on into how the various sense organs operate consciousness that arise dependent on on the eye and sights (coughs) are reckoned as eye consciousness in the pali it's uh chakuncha which is the eye and Mm -hmm. then paticha and rupe okay here's the rupe which like the buddha rupa or nama rupa the Mm -hmm. physical reality that which we see, the outside world, uh, and uh, the it arises as consciousness. Okay, so the way that we could say that in English is, is that with the eye and the object, we can see it, sight arises, but that sight is dependent upon both the eye and the sight itself Um. so not only do the people in heaven need a hell as a sight they need eyeballs they don't have (laughs) we used to talk about the eye in the sky but now that we've got satellites we actually are meaning not eyes but cameras in the sky (laughs) but it's the whole point Until we had cameras in the sky, we could not see a sky view. Yep. Right. But now that we have eyes in the sky, guess what? We found out that they're really other than the cameras. There's no eyes in the sky. (laughs) Just a big eyeball down there looking. And the people in the Catholic Church for centuries taught that there was some eye in the sky watching. But without the eye and the sight, there is no arising of venia. Consciousness is dependent upon the ear and sounds. Consciousness that arises dependent upon the nose and smells is reckoned as nose consciousness. Now, I want you to take notice of the third word, or actually the first and the third word of their of what is nose and smell, okay, it's the same word, Gandhi and um, Ganacha, the nose in combination with Paticha, Gandhi, the smell, and we have the arising of consciousness, okay. So the word smell is two different things uh, in the sense the smell is actually the object and then the smell is what we do with it, like it smells fishy. We mm-hmm. use it as a verb, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, odor itself, and then we have what we do with it. But I want you to take notice of this word Gandhi in there. Because we're going to use it later. In the sense of we're talking about a fragrance or an odor Mm -hmm. or something. Okay. Now the next one. Consciousness arises dependent upon the tongue and taste. Consciousness that arises dependent upon the body and the touches is reckoned as body consciousness. And the consciousness dependent upon the mind and thought. This is actually the most important one is because this is what mostly consciousness is. It is consciousness of the old thoughts that keep rumming on and on and on and on. They originally came from the outside world, got mixed up with the old stuff, and is replanted as memory that we bring up, and now we're conscious of the mind as it spins. But many times the mind is spinning and we're not very conscious of it. In other words, thought can be there, but if we're not mindful or paying attention to uh, that, that thought, if we're not observing it, if there's nothing to it, then we're really not conscious of it. But we can be. It is like fire, which is reckoned according to its specific conditions based upon which it burns. For instance, a log can burn, uh, and we can call that a log fire. Or twigs can burn, and we can call that a twig fire. Or we can have grass, and I call it a grass fire. We can have cow dung, and then we can call it a cow dung fire. I don't know if you've ever been around cow dung fires, but boy, that's what India smells like. <laughs> it yep. smells like one <laughs> big cow dung fire. You know. <laughs> And a fire that burns depending upon husk is a husk fire. And fire that depends upon rubbish is a rubbish fire. Like a, a, a trumpster fire. <laughs> Just rubbish. And it's, on, it's a fire. And that fire is dependent upon the rubbish. And that a rubbish fire has a characteristic. And that is the odor of that fire and so these fires have various characteristics based upon how it burns whether it burns well or not well cow dung does not burn very well so it's very long lasting as opposed to husk or grass or twigs they'll burn very quickly so there's many different qualities of the fire based upon the fuel um in in this same way, consciousness is reckoned according to specific conditions upon which it arises. And now, without translating, he's taking, he's going back and talking about that the I and the form are uh, the object uh, causes um, a consciousness, and that's all repeated in the sense of. That it's based upon a certain condition Mm -hmm. everything is conditioned so here the verb is going to be moves or grows that's the agachati and so all of the six uh six base are are talked about again including the nose you can see the word ganja Uh, Uh and uh now he says because, do you see that this has come to be? In other words, what he's saying, don't you see that this is the way that it actually is, that consciousness is dependent upon, an, uh, um, let us say, a sense organ and a, a source of fuel? And together, these two pieces bring upon um, the consciousness. And they say, yes, sir. Do you see that it originates with that as a fuel? Everything has to have a fuel, including consciousness. Do you see that when that fuel ceases, it has, uh, that things come to be as liable to cease? Here we're using... Um, actually, the Pali is Naroda dukam nanti. Okay. That... Uh, that things, the dam, the Dhamma, will cease if it is robbed of the fuel. But sometimes that's not necessarily the case. In other words, um, sometimes the cause does the effect. When you take the cause away, That doesn't rectify that particular result. An example of that is is that in the the paddy monk, there is a restriction for the monks that they're supposed to have the bowl four to six inches from the edge of the table or the shelf or whatever. Because if you place the bowl with kind of a round shaky bottom Mm -hmm. uh, close to the edge, it's liable to fall off. Right. So if you have broken the bowl because you set it too close to the edge and it does break, then the next bowl you set back away from the edge does not mean that the original bowl is back in good shape again. (laughs) Uh It's still broken. (laughs) And so we're leaving that kind of an out here. But normally when the fuel runs out, the fire stops. But in this case, maybe the fuel was having the bowl too close to the edge of the table. And so when we take that fuel away by pushing the bowl back to the center of the table, now it's not going to fall off on the floor and break. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so now that we've gone through this, does doubt arise when you're uncertain whether or not this has come to be? In other words, if you don't know the source of things, does not doubt arise? Then doubt, does doubt arise when you're uncertain whether or not it has originated with that fuel? Okay, Does doubt arise when you're uncertain whether or not that fuel ceases? What has come to be is liable to cease. Yes, so This is the sources of doubt is because we don't understand this cause and effect relationship. That's the source of doubt. Is, Is doubt given up in someone who truly sees with right understanding that this has come to be? Yeah, we get that things happen because of a cause. And when we do that, we no longer are confused. That this is another example of When people have uh, beliefs in rebirth, which means that things are happening without an understandable cause, that there is always doubt. When people believe in rebirth or reincarnation, they don't fully believe because they really do want evidence. And so they are actually wasting their time looking for evidence of something that doesn't exist. But when they truly understand the reason it doesn't exist, it's because it's got no fuel. So, this is the eradication of doubt. Is doubt given up in someone who truly understanding that this has origination with that as a fuel? Okay? This is an important point who truly sees with right understanding that mm. that this here has originated mm. with that as a fuel. Your consciousness has to have fuel. When the fuel is gone, your consciousness is likely to go. Hmm.
1: I think that's uh, maybe why there's a correlation made between the Sorapana and, and Simpa, Tichasamupada. Because when you see it, you eliminate the doubt and you also eliminate the personality view. It's uh, clear, clearly connected to that.
0: Bango. That is why, mm. in fact, this is such the important, most profound fetter, that first fetter of the understanding is, is that we have to take the mind, a sharp, focused mind that's capable of work, to look into this with right understanding That things have to have fuel as origination, including the self. That the self does not just exist by itself without fuel. That it's always a product of something. All right. So, is doubt given up in someone who truly sees with right understanding that when fuel ceases, that which has come to be is liable to cease also? That in fact, if you give up your fuel and of uh, criticizing yourself, then it's most likely that you will not feel criticized. And yet that's what we do in our society. We go around all the time trying to keep from being criticized. That's exactly what happened to Sati. He got criticized. And we spend so much time trying to not get criticized. And the reason for it is because we give it the fuel of criticizing constantly. And if we give up that fuel, then we'll give up the feeling of being criticized. That's an important one, but there's so many others that if we give up that fuel, then the result will begin to wear out, to cease. One of the examples I give of that is is that if you've got a weed, let us say, that's growing out of of the division in two pieces of concrete, you don't want to dig up the concrete and tear up the sidewalk or the pavement uh, to take care of the weed. But what you can do is every time that weed grows, you can whack it off. And if you Uh. keep whacking that weave off every time it grows, then the roots will wither and die. Because why? Because that weed needs the nourishment of the fuel of the sunshine. And if it's got no leaves to take that sunshine in, it's going to die. We do that exactly too. Whenever a weed comes up in the mine, we whack it off. And if we keep whacking it off over and over and over again, we we rob the underlying root cause tendencies of any fuel for it, and it eventually withers away and dies without remainder. And all of that is put right here in this. This is such an important phrase. Is doubt given up in someone who truly sees with right understanding Then, when the fuel ceases what has come to be is liable to cease. Are you free of doubt as to whether this has come to be then? And they say, yes, sir, we're free of doubt. Ha <laughs> I'm not going to worry about that one anymore. Are you free of doubt as to whether this has origination with its fuel? Yes, sir, free of doubt. Are you free of doubt as to whether when that fuel ceases, what has come to be is liable to cease? Yes, sir. Got it we understand that when that fuel ceases what is come to be is liable to cease have you truly seen with right understanding that this has come to be this property of uh samapada, or this property of idīyapapajāta or, or this property of cause and effect that this whole universe is nothing but a series of cause effects, cause effects, cause effects. That fire has to have fuel. So um
2: so what what he's saying is um is is that the sight consciousness is dependent on the eye, um the eye is the fuel there, sound consciousness the ear, ear is the fuel. So he's saying that um it's the concepts. Of the eye and the ear that um need to be let go of as um things in and of themselves
0: not necessarily okay no actually you could say that the real issue is that sixth consciousness that he's labeling here or just translated as thought in the sense that bad feelings are a kind of a thought and that those bad feelings have this, uh, like, wanting something that you don't have. And so you're grasping and clinging and wanting and desiring it.
2: All right. so it's, all, it's just about the, um, the sixth one.
0: Mainly the big, big problem is with the sixth one, not, not just eye consciousness. But what we're making sure of that sati understands that all of the senses have consciousness... And that all of those senses that do have consciousness, that consciousness is named by that source of the fuel. And that all of the senses have their own unique kind of consciousness. Okay. Um,
2: the reason why I'm asking is because um, when when I was on the retreat um, a few weeks ago, it did feel like there was no separation between the senses um they were all kind of like one consciousness like everything was just one thing
0: right that's true but that's actually the unification process when we gather the factors together Uh, okay all right Okay, so that's the next part. We have to recognize all of these constituent components. An example of that is how are you going to build a house? Well, you've got to have, among other things, you've got to have plans for the house, you have to have builders or construction crew for the house, but then you can't even get started until you have building materials for the house. And so what we're doing here with these various consciousnesses, we're doing inventory of building materials. Yep. Recognizing that, in fact, this piece of concrete is not the same as that piece of lumber over there, but when we put them together, we're going to have a house. Yeah. Okay. Okay? All right. So, yes, you're right. It comes together. But you can also begin to pull that apart in the sense that you can tell that there's a difference between your sense consciousness of smell and the sense consciousness of sight. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Have you uh, truly seen clearly with right understanding that this has originated with that as a fuel? So this is actually, I, I don't, haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking for the word idiopapajayata uh, because that's the word that Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa uses for this. With this, there is that. Without mm-hmm. this, there is not that. And he's saying it clearly with other language, right? This, have you seen clearly with right understanding that this comes with that as a fuel, the cause have you truly seen clearly with right understanding that when that fuel ceases, what has come to be is liable to cease? So over and over again, he's talking about this whole thing to get, get through that rebirth and reincarnation are impossible because of the cause and effect relationship. There is nothing to cause that Future birth. Yep. Because consciousness does not continue on. It has to have fuel. It ceases. Pure and bright as this view is, mendicants, if you cherish it, fancy it, treasure it, and treat it as your own, in other words, bring this uh, idiopapajayata, this paticusamuppada understanding into your heart and make it your own, you will be understanding how the Dhamma is similar to a raft, not, uh, is for crossing over, not for clinging to. In other words, this is a, uh, we know this uh, issue of paticca samuppada, or this issue of cause and effect and cause and effect is to get us some places, to cross us over that sea of Dukkha not to to be held on to as if it were some um, identity, important teacher, uh, icon, uh, chisel ten commandments on the walls of the Congress Hall, you know that kind of thing. That is not for iconic use or symbolic use. It's for the actual practice to put it into gear. Uh, and also similar to a raft. in fact this is harken back to this uh, to the Sutra number two the um, no sur- Sutra number 22 uh, uh, the, the simile of the snake where he also talks about the raft. the raft is for crossing over. So we don't set up a shrine to the dhamma, or Tupatica Samupata. We don't construct <laughs> religious halls to it. There's a, actually a, a beautiful and interesting story that uh, Gawenka tells about the little old lady, the Indian lady, who was uh, ill, but she couldn't afford to go to the doctor. And so she went out begging and she got enough money to uh, to pay for the doctor. She went to the Ayurvedic doctor on the second floor. He saw her, he saw her condition, and he prescribed medications for her. He Stairs to the pharmacy that was associated with this Ayurvedic doctor, and there she bought the medicine. And she also bought um, a, a, a framed photograph of the doctor and some candles and incense. She then took it all home and she put the candles and the incense and lighted up and put the photo of the doctor and the medicine up on that shelf. And she bowed and she scraped. Oh, thank you, doctor. Oh, you've been so helpful to give me this medicine. But she didn't take the medicine. Ah she praised the medicine as coming from the doctor and look at that's exactly what happens with Christianity they praise Jesus but they won't take his medicine (laughs) (laughs) and that's why the the, the analogy here of the raft the raft is used for crossing over the Paticca Samupada teaching is a teaching to put, put together to um get us out of the sea of dukkha to get to get finished with it it's not for praising and holding on to and relishing the the dhamma itself that way it's to be relished and treasured as a as a skill as a tool to be developed as a way of seeing things All right, next. Pure and bright as this view is, mendicants, if you don't cherish it, fancy it, treasure it, and treat it as your own, uh, would you be understanding how the Dhamma is similar to a raft crossing over and not holding on to? Yes. Mendicants, there are these four fuels. They maintain sentient beings that have been born and help those that are about To be reborn. Now let's talk about this thing about sentient beings. He just, the translator got magical. (laughs) Uh, Ah, okay. Here's that word baba. <laughs> I mean uh, mm-hmm. Sampava Okay, that's the word where he has that um, about to be reborn. Uh, and Anugala, let's see what that is. Uh, okay, not grasping to. So these are the four fuels. What four? Solid fuel. <clears throat> Horse or fine, contact is the second, mental intention the third, and consciousness as a fourth. Now, these are kind of difficult things for us to understand. Um, We can find some of the words in uh, Sukano is the word for subtle or fine, Uh, but this word uh, kabalakara. the first word is translated as other than actual food but is actually solid material it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean that it has to be food or substance Mm -hmm. in that way for instance that uh, one of the foods for your job is your car one of the foods for your job mm-hmm. is your uh, business suit.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like a dependency or an auxiliary mm-hmm. thing or an instrument that you need or something that mm-hmm. facilitates.
0: Okay, so it's talking about the physical world here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, it says Paso Dutia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dutio. Okay, so uh, dutio is the word for number two. You can see two or do uh, uh, duplistic. So mm-hmm. the D and the T get messed up. And that word pasa. What do we mean by pasa as as a fuel? What that means is is that we, as a social animal, we crave contact. That craving for contact. So, we're using the word uh, in the sense of not it contacting us, but that we're craving contact, that we want to have, just like materialism, that we want mm-hmm. to have contact with people. Um, the next one is mano, uh, which is actually the word for man. And that, uh, uh, sent San Tisano, you can see the Sita in there and San Tisa is cognition. They're using the word intention here, but mostly what we're looking for is, is that we want to know things. Uh-huh. This is curiosity. We want to know. Now, the basis of that uh, is is instinctual. That we really want to know that we're we're, we're a curious species. If we weren't curious, we wouldn't have bothered. We'd just sit down and be happy. And so you can see that this is one of the the things that drive us. Is the willing or the wanting to know. Uh, And then he says, uh, consciousness is the fourth. Why is consciousness here in this list? It's it's the sense that we have to know. And by by knowing, that gives rise to us wanting to know. We want to cognize. We want to have intention. We want to learn. We also want to have contact. In fact, we could say we could go so far as wanting to have contact with knowledge. Okay, so basically what this is, is this is four different levels of the kind of greed that we have. And that these, these kinds of greeds are the fuels that maintain our existence in hell. The sentient being, the one who is born in suffering and misery of wanting material things, wanting contact with people, wanting socializations, wanting to know things. These are uh, what we're talking about here. And what is the source, origin, and birthplace and root of these four is the craving that I had mentioned. Okay, well guess what? The Buddha has just now started right in to Petitya Samupada in detail, but he's picking up at about step eight or so here, <laughs> all right, and he's talking about it from these fuels, but that idea then of these fuels give rise to the idea that there's some circulation or some circular things mm-hmm. going on here, and so they we have to get into the cycle someplace, and so he's saying then that our materialism, our wanting material things, our wanting contact with people, our we wanting to know things, and that sort of thing, is in fact our, our instinctual base. We can see that, it, that it's there. The Buddha really knew this, and he's using the language for the four primary instincts here. That, okay. that contact is the herding instinct. And that the uh, uh, wanting material possessions is also the procreation instinct. And wanting to know things is a territorial instinct. And the Vinian, as the fourth, is the consciousness of I am. So, with that as the source, This is what causes these four instincts Is the craving and clinging This is where the word Tanha comes from In fact you can see the word Tanha uh, (laughs) Taking this food Is Tanha, craving Thirst And and just to make sure He uses it twice Mm. Tanha Nidya and Tanha Samudaya uh, it's
1: actually for, I think,
0: all of them, all four of them. Oh, actually, all Tanha, four of them, exactly. right, mm-hmm. for oh, each yeah. one of them. Tanha, for uh, taking things. Tanha, uh, uh, is or Udaya, or which is the interactions that we mm-hmm. have with people. You can see the word mudita right there. That's great. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Tanha, uh, Jitaka, and Tanha, uh, Pabhava. That's that word babo again, Deco- becoming, craving. Okay, and what is the source of craving? In other words, the wanting. Now we can go back to the language that we're familiar with. Here, tanha, or craving, is that state of wanting. And what is the reason for wanting things? Is because we like it, we don't like it, or we don't know whether we like it or not. There we are, feeling. Tanha ...Vedandada, Tanha uh, Vedana Samnudaya, Tanha Veda uh, Jantika, and Tanha Veda pabba, Okay, there they are. Isn't that interesting? And yet the translator only used the word just feeling and stopped there... ...to where in fact this is really pointed out that we have feelings that are associated with those four uh, fuels. And then what is the source of feeling? Veda-nanayam, kim, nadana, kim. Okay, so this word kim here is uh, what is the source of it and he says contact. Now what we're talking about here is not the contact of um, wanting to be in contact with other people or our socialization instinct here the word contact is used in the sense of how these things contact the mind that these four things arise in the mind and they contact us and what is the source of the contact is these six sense space fields okay except Mm -hmm. this six sense space fields is not well translated because what we're really talking about is the salayatana, which is the internal representation or what we do to make sense out of things okay so Pasa, Saliyatana and Mudito and uh, Jitako and bavo, you can see them and what is the source of these six sense faces is Nama Rupa Okay, And so the Salayatanam is caused by perception. Here perception is used in the, in the labels of Nama Rupam. Nama Rupam and we do that with all four things. And what does that mean is that we take a physical reality and we own it or we name it or we, we take it. We take it in, for instance we Nama Rupa, we see the sight on the outside and we take it in and we recognize it. So that object that looks like this winds up being a tree inside the mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, because we're taking that thing and we're naming it. Mm -hmm. Okay, and what is the source of name and form? That's consciousness, so we're actually going through that here and to now, he says, what is the source of consciousness, and this is translated as choices, but clearly, this is Sankara. And he's talking about that Sankara is um, that which influences Vinaya, or it, it, um, the way that we think and process is uh, from our past, the Sankara, the stuck-together things. Uh, what they're calling coefficients, basically mm-hmm. everything that we remember, as according to uh, how we contact people, according mm-hmm. to the materialism that we have, according to our wanting and needing to know things, and like the territorial instinct, is is mine in my territory or not in my territory, or the uh, the ghtam. Uh, is the um, wanting to divide wanting to know so that to separate this is mine in other words it's safe here there it's not safe okay so why he's using this is um, uh, is just merely the sankara, is choices is quite interesting because, in fact, what he's uh, the, the, the author is pointing out is, generally we don't have choices, but we can have choices. We can have choices about our sankara if we know what, what's going on with clear understanding. But generally we don't have any choices. And so I would translate that better is, uh, consciousness is based upon... Um, the random choices that we make, or, um, or whatnot.
2: not
0: so I don't like the way that he's using choices here. That sankara really is, is unconscious choices, not conscious choices. And what are the source of choices? Ignorance. Okay, so that just nailed it right there. Mm. Sankara. Ajiva dana, ajiva mudata, ajiva uh, jatika, and ajiva Pababa. It's the ignorance about everything that is the mm-hmm. basis of our uh, memory system, and I pointed that out in many, many ways and in many times that we don't see straight, we don't think straight, we don't look straight, we don't uh, hear straight, and. What we remember, we don't remember straight. (laughs) And when we let it sit in memory, it rots away. And then when we drag it out of memory, we don't drag it out very well. And so I wouldn't really call it choices. So, choices are conditioned for consciousness and... uh, Consciousness is the condition for name and form, and name and form are the conditions for the sixth sense base. Now what he's doing is he's going back in the other order. First we go down to ignorance, and then we look at it, and this is the... Okay, so ignorance is the condition then for choices. So now the whole texture of what is being said is that itiko uh, bikove, Ajiva pachaya sankara. Okay, so um, it means that ignorance Pachitra causes the sankara. It doesn't mean that uh, that ignorance creates the sankara. It means that ignorance influences the creation mm-hmm. of the sankaras. That's an important point. That is actually a conditioning. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, but um, perhaps a better way then would be as a su- as a support or a conditioning ingredient. And then the Sankara then conditions consciousness and our name and form. The name and form conditions the Salayatana, what we do with it. What we do with it then, it contacts us. Mm-hmm. In other words, the sixth sense base of the salayatana here, the nama rupa pacha salayatana, means that uh, our perception creates that which we then call we see or perceive, or we recognize or we recognize. Uh, Another way of saying it is that we mentalize. And in our language, we often will use the word we realize. Oh, I just realized something, right? <laughs> That's the salyatana. I just finally put things together. But we don't ever really realize anything. We, what we do is we mentalize, and we call that mentalization a realization. And so the uh causes... Um, contact the contact causes the feelings the feelings cause tanha the tanha causes upadana the upadana causes well there we go bavo what is that he's translated that as continued existence no it doesn't clinging creates an owner Mm-hmm. That's the creation process, and the con, this creation or this continued clinging then is uh, the becoming is bavo Pachyo jati. Jati is taking um, a self, but you can see the translator was conditioned, and he puts <laughs> that as rebirth. And there's no rebirth there. This is jati. And the jati can be used, if you roll over it, you can see that, yes, it does have birth or rebirth. But it also has uh, uh, a kind or a sort of. In other words, when something is developed, it develops into something... Of a kind. Basically, what this is really pointing at is where where we are uh, reborn. Is we're reborn in a woeful state. We're reborn in hell, or we're reborn as a ghost, or reborn as a dumb animal, or as we're uh, reborn as a frightened warrior. These are the places where we get reborn. But um, the the mind that. Remember how this whole thing started, that, condi- that consciousness <laughs> is dependently arisen. And here the translator now is getting into this idea, oh, there, there is rebirth, because, why? Because jati has been translated as rebirth by other translators, and so he's going along to get along. I mean, this is what uh, uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi uh, translate jati as he translates it as rebirth. And so, uh, Subato better follow along soon. So, jati, once something is born, guess what happens to it? It grows old, it malfunctions, and it reaches destruction. Everything. Anicca. the Sankara, including jati. So, if we're born in a woeful state, we go into dukkha. And here we have one of the classical uh, definitions uh, uh, old age, death. So, actually, it's jati uh, pacha, uh, which is um, uh, being born or uh, starting something up. Uh, is Jara Maranam Jara Maranam is actually death Mm -hmm. Jara Maranam is death Uh, uh, so you can see that it's actually all in one word Jara Maranam (coughs) old age or decay Uh, and so uh, the next word is cost, one of the longest words. <laughs> they just didn't break it up. Uh, but you can see uh, that it is grief, sorrow, wailing, lamentation, suffering, pain, misery, agony. It just keeps going on and on. Um, and then we have the word "sam," "bava," "bavan," "bamanti." Okay, "bava." Manti. That's the word for becoming. This all stuff arises. So this does not necessarily have to have magical uses for these words. This is how this entire mass of suffering originates, with the uh, with birth, with patti, paticcha, jaranam. uh Itiko panatam bhutam. The word bhutam is spoken. This is what I have said. That uh, when you are born, you that will be a condition for being old, sick, and die. Now, that's a good reason for people to believe in, um, in the magical idea that oh that means that i can do something now so that i won't be reborn in the future and then take on yet another old age death and destruction but that's again a magical thinking what they're really talking about here is that we can in fact stop this whole mass of suffering by stopping it early so that we do not get reborn in one of these woeful states to suffer through it. Mm-hmm. OK. And uh, uh, sorry to interrupt.
1: I'll have to head off to work in a minute or two. So uh, oh, we didn't
0: even get into the half of it. OK. We're just. Uh, why don't we finish this first half? Can you wait another 10 minutes or five?
1: I'm uh, not really. I have a meeting uh, where I have to join a call
0: for meeting at work, so
1: I can't read All this. right.
0: Well, we're just about to the halfway point. Why don't we finish it another time? Uh, why don't the two of you get together on Skype separately, then, and see if you can find a mutual time to call? And if not, then yep. I, we can finish the second half for each one of you individually. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm free so can,
2: basically every day um, around this kind of time. whenever it's good for you, Kathleen.
1: Yeah, so I have a meeting starting right in a minute or so. Uh, so I had to so I have to join a bit earlier if I want to not have not be interrupted here.
0: All right, basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through Fatichu samuppada up and down again.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it goes
0: forward and then reverse and then forward again and then reverse and the language is different and with each one of them and that much of it is not translated okay mm-hmm. so okay. let's let's finish that off now because I imagine that, for uh, that uh, for the, okay okay in fact we've been at it for an hour and a half I knew this thing would take three hours Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and here is an hour and a half and we haven't gotten halfway through it all right so let's finish off now and we'll um, okay. and and we'll go get back together again and we'll see if we can get the three of us together.
1: Okay. I can do tomorrow about the same time or even a bit earlier if you want.
2: Uh, I can do tomorrow around the same time. I'm I'm not sure about a bit earlier, but around the same time okay. works.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, okay. See you guys. okay then. So we'll try it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> bye bye.
0: Bye. Okay, bye bye.